attributable to human error. Hello and welcome to Fresh Air. I'm Joe. I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And I'm Andy. And tonight we're going to be continuing our quest through moral theories and we're currently on the deontological moral theories. Tonight we are going for a form of utilitarianism called rule utilitarianism. Now up until now we've only done consequentialist utilitarian moral theories. Dave, how does this differ? Well, act utilitarianism is basically what it says in that it's acts that are judged. So are the actions that we perform should be actions that maximize utility. Whereas under rural utilitarianism, it's slightly different in that we should be following a set of rules that do their best to maximize utility. So is it in a way a bit of a blend of consequentialism and deontology anyway? I guess you could put it that way, yeah. Could it be like um, the rules say don't do this, but if I do this, more people will benefit, then I should do it, yeah? No, because in a, in a rule-based moral theory, going against the rules is immoral. So it's less about the consequence and more about the rule, but the rule ought to be based on what the consequences would be if everybody was doing this particular thing. So if everybody did X and it maximized utility, then that would be considered a good thing to follow. And therefore that would become a rule. Whereas if everybody did Y and that minimized utility, then that would be a rule not to do that thing. So folks would have to do X and not Y. Is that sort of how it goes? Sort of. Um, the framework itself, the rules inside that framework are built based on the consequences of the rules and the consequences of the rules are that each rule by following it would maximize happiness within whatever society that these rules happen to be followed in think of it something like um say the rules of the road the the rules are designed in a way to make sure less accidents happen, less people are killed on the road, and that kind of thing. Um, so by following the rules, we're maximizing the utility of the road system itself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In, in a way, you could say it's similar to Kantianism in the sense that if if everybody was going out and raping it it would be terrible and if everybody was going out and doing good deeds it would you know maximize the, the the utility so those rules would be in place in a similar sort of way yeah that's right the rules are created specifically to have a certain effect and that effect is to increase happiness within a society but because they are moral rules, going against them, even if you think that going against it would actually maximize happiness, you would still be committing an immoral act. But, I mean, this is a type of utilitarianism, yes? Yeah. I thought utilitarianism was consequentialist, not 
deontological. Well, that's the thing with rule utilitarianism. It is deontological, but it's a bit like Kantianism in the sense that whilst Kantianism is deontological, it has an element of consequentialist theory to it too. So this is a more deontological than utilitarianist? It's more deontological than consequentialist. But the rules are based on consequence as opposed to they're just rules, so follow them kind of thing. Yeah, essentially. But you could look at even things like divine command theory. Those rules are there because if that there's still that to get you closer to God in a way. There's there seems to be with all the 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 forms of deontology that we've covered, there seems to be a element of consequentialism to them, doesn't there? Yeah, I think I covered that on our intro episode to the broader topics in general you did but that, that that's the thing it, it's um uh we we were talking about hell at that point in time i believe and yeah i, I it does it does seem like these rules are based on if everybody does this then something will happen so rule utilitarianism is you know if everybody does this then it will maximize well-being divine command theory is and if everybody does this then they get to be with god yeah i suppose i just don't quite follow why this is under the umbrella term of utilitarianism as which is consequentialist by nature as opposed to being under some form of deontological aspect which this seems to fit better into because the rules themselves are designed around maximizing well-being or maximizing happiness, maximizing utility, basically. It's based off the idea that utilitarianism is right. It's just rather than judge the actions of the individual based on the consequences of those actions, the rules that people follow are designed around the utilitarian idea of maximizing utility. I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, it... It is it is interesting when you look at it because everything that we're we're, we're discussing around deontology is that they're rules based to try and get a consequence, and it doesn't matter whether that consequence happens or not. The rule is still the rule. So if it is thought that you know shooting a gun because it could hurt someone, it, it's going to reduce utility, then the rule would be don't fire a gun. And even if it doesn't hurt anyone, because you've gone against the rule, it is wrong. Whereas something that is purely consequentialist, if no one gets hurt, then it wouldn't be a bad thing. And I think that's the difference between a consequentialist moral theory. You can't, with a consequentialist moral theory, you can't judge an action until after it's happened and then go, yes, it is. No, it isn't necessarily. And unless you go, along induction well the last thousand times this has happened it's gone wrong so don't do it again but with deontology it is is simply no this is bad don't do it or this is good do it yeah and like with your gun explanation uh we went over something before after i went to see a talk on psychopathy about poisoning somebody's sandwich is it still wrong if they don't eat it so no one got hurt Exactly. So is, is the act of poisoning wrong or is it the consequence of someone eating it and dying wrong? 
and that's possibly one of the issues with consequentialist moral theories because actually sometimes an action is still wrong even if people don't get hurt but then something deontological you could argue the opposite because actually if nothing bad happens and actually a good thing happens from it who are you to say that that was a wrong action to take right so does all of consequentialism ultimately boil down to no harm no foul <laughs> i think it depends on the consequentialist moral theory but sort of i mean as we covered with the, the the hedonism it was about seeking pleasure utilitarianism was maximizing pleasure welfareism was well-being and realistically any form of harm would be the opposite of any of those so Yes, you could say that, actually, Chris, yeah. <laughs> all I'm picturing now, all I'm picturing now is Ken John going, but you, did you die? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, my bad joke was almost a smart thing. Amazing. <laughs> Underline the almost. <laughs> so, Dave, if we were to apply this to our thought experiments and come back to the favourite one first of the old trolley problem with... The consequentialist forms of utilitarianism, it would be obvious that we cross the lever and we save the five people for the sake of the one. With rule utilitarianism, is that going to be any different? It would depend on the rule that was set. Well, I imagine if we're looking at maximizing well-being, there would be one about not killing or at least not murdering. Or a rule that states that the least amount of death is the right choice. So if that was a rule and you chose the five over the one, you would be committing an immoral act. But if the rule stated that one, you should save the one over the five, then you've, you know, it depends on the rule and how the interpretation has been made of the idea of maximizing utility and whatnot. What matters most is the framework of rules and whether you follow them or not. Yeah, so one of the rules could be you should never pull levers. And then obviously the outcome is you, you can't pull the lever because that's against that's against the rules that are, that are set out. <laughs> yeah, basically. That, that, that's basically the way it works. Yeah, but you, you could, <laughs> I know it's quite funny in this example because it, like pulling a lever isn't obviously doesn't sound wrong. But if we take it to our, our old Jews in the attic thought experiment where the Nazi knocks on your door and the rule is you should never lie. And the Nazi says, where are the, uh, where are the Jews? Then you, you'd have to tell the truth. But that kind of goes against the, the, the overall utility. You're, you're, uh, you're allowing people to, to be harmed. And that, that kind of, isn't that a bit of a contradiction? Well, no, because if the rule is based around the utility then the it's always wrong to lie rule wouldn't exist because sometimes it would be right to lie when it saves lives or decreases suffering for thousands of people, that kind of thing. So 
separate from Kantianism, where he goes, he looks in almost absolutism as if everybody lied, then it would be bad. So therefore lying is wrong. It would be a bit more nuanced with utilitarianism where they'd say, actually, there are certain situations where lying would maximize utility. Therefore, in these certain situations, it would be right. But there would be that clear definition of these are the times you can lie and these are the times you can't. Now, if it happened to be, for, for whatever reason, that if you're in Nazi Germany, then it is always wrong to lie, then you'd be right, Andy, in the sense that that, that would be immoral to do that, even though the consequence does not fit into utilitarianism. But as Dave said, that would be one of the situations where the rules would have gone through that and gone, no, this is one of the situations where it is okay to lie. Yeah, don't forget, in rule utilitarianism, all the rules that are created must be designed in such a way as to maximize utility. If they don't maximize utility, then they don't fit into a rule utilitarianism framework. Which is why it can't be as absolute as Kantianism. Yeah, and in a framework of rules like that, consider going back to the driving and rules of the road analogy. One of the rules of the road is to drive as safely as possible. That's quite a general rule. Um, but there's also other rules like don't go over 30 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour zone. Um, that still follows on from the drive safely rule, but it's more specific. You could also argue there might be the odd situation where it would be safer to go more than 30 miles an hour. I mean, that's a pretty bad analogy because in that sort of zone, it probably wouldn't be. But you could say maybe uh, on, a, on a motorway or, or, or something like that, you might be a lot safer going much faster than, than the speed limit it's given. There is a hilarious video that I've seen that um, it shows a car going at 30 mile an hour and it plowing into a kid. And then it says a car going at 40 mile an hour, the car passing, and then the kid crosses behind the car. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm quite curious, though. What about if the utility, as it were, or the welfare is open to interpretation? How do you mean? So I'm thinking of a specific example, but it could apply to lots. So say that you work in a news agents that has one of those little hot food stands. The rule is, is that at closing time, it all gets thrown away because technically it is beyond its safe to use time. But you could break the rule and give all of those leftover sausage rolls and pasties to homeless people, increasing their welfare. Would that be wrong? And also their option to uh, sue if they get sick. Okay, but that would be part of the designing the framework itself rather than whether or not you followed the rules. In a situation like that, the framework of the rules would be be better conducted if you took that into account. So the rule might be, if you don't sell it, then it would maximize utility to donate this stuff. Rather than throw it away, donate it to homeless shelters, local hospitals, 
all that kind of stuff because it's still good on that day. The fact that you close at five means that the food will go to waste. So if it goes to somewhere like a homeless shelter where they can still use it for the remainder of that day and be put to good use, that would be the designing of the rules. But if the rules were just throw the food away, then you would be immoral for breaking that rule. I suppose that again comes down to the whole immoral and pragmatic thing that we spoke about before. Yeah, but in your situation, the rules theoretically should be designed to take into account that it would be a waste of food and that the well-being of others would be better suited by giving the food away. So the rule would be designed in such a way where the food is handed out to charity. That's fair. So if the rules had been created, but they hadn't thought about this particular situation, could, obviously, you couldn't go against the rules, but would it be a good argument to change the rules? Of course, if you could argue that utility would be better maximized by altering the rules to this different form and show that utility isn't being maximized under the old thing you would have a good argument for changing the framework yeah so it's it's less rigid than Kantianism again because you are setting out rules with a particular purpose in mind rather than if everybody did it it would either have a good effect or a bad effect it's uh uh, let's look at this situation. Are we maximizing utility doing it? Okay, we think we are. Oh, actually, this has happened. Maybe we need to change the rules. Yeah, that's correct. In a case of a moral theory where the morality comes from whether or not you follow the rules, there's two distinct things going on. There is the rule itself and the following of the rule. If the ideology behind the rule is X and the rule is Y, then you have good reason to show that the rule is immoral according to its own ideology and therefore should be changed. So not following rule Y because it should be rule X, you could argue that you weren't behaving immorally, I guess. but according to the idea that not following the rules is immoral, you would still be behaved immorally. You could even apply it to things like laws, couldn't you? I know laws and morals are different, but in a way they they are a deontological framework where if you don't follow the rules, you are judged to have broken the law and therefore you could be thrown in jail even though you haven't actually done anything that has harmed anyone in any way shape or form that is just the law in the same way that you consider things like homosexuality used to be illegal um but uh, and the law was changed because it was demonstrated to be wrong you could apply the same thing to rule utilitarianism where if you are shown that this particular rule is not actually maximizing well-being, then okay, you've got a case. Yeah, basically. I think laws are there to, to sort of maximize the well-being of the, the community that, it's, that, they're, that they're for, isn't it? I'd make a point, but apparently I keep getting too political. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, the the law is slightly more tricky than that um, because not all laws are equal or created for equal reasons. Indeed. That's what I was going to say, but smarter. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to be nearly that eloquent. Well, sometimes bluntness is necessary. Yeah, interesting. Um, I I think I actually... uh, Well, utilitarianism makes... Uh, a lot more sense than, say, Kantianism. And also uh, some of the other consequentialist moral theories because you almost can't judge them until something's happened, whereas these rules obviously are there. I think I think I, I, I actually like rule utilitarianism over Kantianism and something that is pure consequentialist because it still has that consequentialist element to it just not as much but what it is missing, it's a blend of them both isn't it, it is but what it is missing is a bit of virtue how so well i it's got a it's got a particular goal in mind hasn't it with the whole maximizing well-being and we could argue that potentially there is a bit more to things than just that yeah, virtue ethics are sort of created around the idea of maximizing your own well-being and maximizing the well-being of others as well. It's just that certain things are defined as the best actions and the best way of reaching eudaimonia. The best way of what now? Yeah, exactly. Um, It's an idea from Aristotle where it's about, it's something like well-being and happiness and reaching that perfect point of well-being and happiness. And what was it called? Because it sounded like you just said virtue ethics is about reaching pneumonia. No, that's coronavirus. <laughs> uh, no, eudaimona. Hang on, I'd better double check it. I'm pretty sure yeah, it's eudaimona. <laughs> eudaimona is uh, a Lithuanian company. okay i've just looked it up and it can be eudaimonia or eudaimonia eudaimon what eudaimonia yeah but that that's basically what virtue ethics involves so turns out i have absolutely no idea about virtue ethics much like most philosophy who knew I can relate to that. Don't fucking lie to me. <laughs> Kant would say it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, but Kant was a Kant. <laughs> you can't say Kant that on air. Things is wrong. Damn it. <laughs> cool. Oh yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Um, definitely enlightening as to how that works. Have you got any more questions, guys? The only other thing I was gonna say, I think we basically covered already. To be fair, is that I suppose law should basically follow this exact moral theory yes uh well should and does are are two different things aren't they law is influenced by a number of different well things um yeah exactly there are many laws which are completely unnecessary to follow this kind of guideline but the necessary laws should follow this kind of framework yeah, maximizing the well-being of the people. I, 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 yeah, laws should definitely follow something like this. Yeah, I tend to agree as well. 
Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Dave. Uh, that was definitely interesting. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed learning a bit more about rural utilitarianism. I must admit, I, I couldn't think it'd be too different to utilitarianism, but it's nice seeing how this particular rule set actually works. And, and I do agree with what Chris said about how laws should actually be uh, based off a uh, rule utilitarian sort of idea and perhaps that does demonstrate how many laws that are actually ridiculous and serve no real purpose in in current society yeah thank you very much for that i look forward to recording our next session as well i think we've got a little bit more uh deontology to go through and uh then we need to cover off virtue ethics in a bit more detail as well if you guys don't have anything else to add I think that's it for the night. No worries. Nice one. Yeah, many thanks, Dave. I still don't quite follow why it falls under the utilitarian more than the deontology, but it seems to be a good mix between the two, so it doesn't really matter. Well, the deontology is because it's a set of rules, and deontology is basically your 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 rules and your duties so it's your duty to follow the rules and the rules are set out to maximize well-being so rather than it being purely based on the consequence you've got the rules there that even if it doesn't happen to maximize well-being by following this rule the rules there and breaking the rule is what's considered immoral rather than the consequence of whether it maximizes well-being or not no i get that it's why the name is chosen as being a subsection of utilitarianism as opposed to being a subsection of deontology but I deontology has to be one of the two they have to pick one of them so well deontology is the type so where we've got our consequentialist moral theories or our deontological moral theories. The deontological ones are about following your rules. The consequentialist ones are about following consequentialism. Uh, utilitarianism is about maximizing well-being. So if you have a consequentialist utilitarian rule set, it's your maximizing the well-being based on the consequences. And if you have a deontological form of utilitarianism, it's following the rules and the rules are set out because they are supposed to maximize well-being that makes more sense to call it deontological utilitarianism that creates a neater split in my mind to follow well whenever you hear the word rule just think of deontological really when i was first learning a little bit about deontology and uh, the conversations i was i was having with dave and martin i it it, I, every time they said something like deontology, I had to look it up. I was just like, okay, it, to, to make it really simple, it's rules and duties. I remember this discussion in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. So yeah, the, the key difference between this and the consequentialist forms of utilitarianism is we've got the rules to follow under rule utilitarianism for a deontological version of it, whereas the other ones, which are consequentialist, it depends on if it actually results in maximizing well-being yeah i follow i just i don't know the changing of the words makes it a lot easier for it to slot into place in my mind the way that it's currently labeled makes it just not quite sit right although i get the idea it just seems a little off but changing it makes it sit firmly well that wasn't a good sentence but you know what i mean 
deontilitarianism. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Well, uh, thank you very much, everyone, tonight. Uh, you have all been listening to Fresh Air, and we've been covering rule utilitarianism. I'm Joe. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And I'm Andy. Good night, all. Good night, all. Love you.